hey, you're back. Or maybe you're new to this. Either way, you found the Sift Save It For, the podcast. This is a football podcast. This week, we talked about the AFC South, fantasy wide receiver, um, some strategy with the mayor, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to another SIFT football podcast, Save It For The Football podcast. I'm joined once again by the mayor. We're going to talk AFC South uh, in just a minute. How are you, mayor? I'm great, professor. Another wonderful Saturday afternoon here in beautiful Florida, bringing you live from my couch once again, uh, looking to talk some AFC South football. All right, and I'm uh, once again in the garage because it is actually fairly nice outside um, considering that it's August. Um, all right. So the AFC South, they play the AFC North and the NFC North this. Uh, um, and so we'll get into that in the extra games. I want to start with the Houston Texans. So mayor, what do you, what do you see uh, out of the Houston Texans this year? Well, Bill O'Brien is either an evil genius like Belichick or he's about to get fired. You know, obviously the biggest offseason move was to trade DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of people were scratching their heads on that one. I personally feel like he wasn't he knew there wasn't a way they were gonna resign him so they to a mega deal, so they pretty much, you know, got what he thought they could for him and just moved on. You know, over the past nine years this team has won the division six times, but I see, you know, it, with this the teams they're playing, I see kind of an 0-4 start and probably getting up somewhere up to about 9-7. and 7. Okay, we're, we're close there. I've got them at an 0-3 start. It is a really rough schedule. The first four games at Kansas City, Baltimore, at Pittsburgh, Minnesota, that's not an uh, easy start to your season. The first quarter of the season is going to be a rough one. Um, I have them going 8-8. Eight and eight. And losing the first three games, but then getting that first win against Minnesota. Um, their extra games are against, and this is where another part where they, they got a bad draw. I think, uh, you know, not, not only at KC, but then they have to play New England later in the, in the uh, year. Maybe once they've got their offense, Cam Newton's got his legs under him again. Um, assuming that that experiment goes well in New England, um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a rough... Uh, that's a rough draw for the Texans for, for being their extra games. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Well, what do you see the Colts doing this year? Well, Frank Reich, you know, he's looking to get things going in the right direction with Phillip Rivers already earning the starting role as no surprise to anyone. Um, This team really hasn't been the same since Peyton Manning's been gone. You know, they've had Andrew Luck for a few spectacular years, a couple great playoff games, but they never really – they were never really to get anything going with all the injuries to them. And, you know, with with this schedule being ranked 16th, you know, they're probably going to struggle against teams like Green Bay and Baltimore. You know, not having preseason or OTAs is really going to hurt having – a first year or a quarterback in his first season with the system, 
you know, like their schedule right in the middle of the road, I see about an 8-8. Eight, eight. All right, I'm a little higher on them. I've got them going 10-6 and six with their extra games um, at Las Vegas Raiders and the New York Jets. You kind of couldn't ask for two uh, better games, in my opinion. I'm not saying Las Vegas is going to be terrible, but um, just looking at their team right now, they're at, in a building phase. So I don't know if they're um, the toughest opponent. And obviously we, we are both down on the Jets again this year. Um, but I have uh, the Colts off to a fast start, a 6-0 and start uh, heading into the bye. So um, you heard it here first. I guess that's uh, the first bold prediction of the podcast today. Um, uh, the Colts going 6-0 before their bye. Um, all right, let's talk about the Tennessee Titans. What do you think the Titans will do this year? Well, Mike Vrabel is, you know, definitely got that team, you know, got that team fired up. You know, they caught lightning in a bottle last year, getting hot at the right time all the way to the AFC Championship game. You know, no doubt Ryan Tannehill helped spark that team when he came in late in the season. You know, I don't think anyone in this division is really a clear-cut winner. Derrick Henry is really going to have to be the workhorse for this football team and leave them victories. The problem is Cole McDonald and Logan Woodside are the two other QBs on the roster at the moment. So there there could be trouble, stir, you know, stirring out in Tennessee if Ryan Tannehill isn't able to play for any reason. You know, I think Frable and his defense were good enough to get some wins, you know, and like I said, with Tannehill's health, I think that's really contingent on everything, but I see about 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah, I'm similar to that. I've got them going 9-7. and seven. I don't see them having the luck. I, I, not to say that it was all luck. Um, certainly the performance on the field by the players and the coaching staff really put them in a, in a position to win um, those those playoff games against New England and Baltimore, those upsets, but uh, in you know getting them all the way to the AFC Championship game, but I don't think that they're going to get those kind of breaks that they got uh, last year. So um, you know their extra games are at Denver and against Buffalo. I don't think those are too tough. That's not um, Buffalo. I have you know winning their division, so Buffalo maybe not an easy team. But I, I suspect Buffalo is going to be very hard to predict. Everything's going to, you know, rest on whether Josh Allen is doing well that week or not. And then um, Denver, I have them being kind of a mess this year. Uh, we talked about them before. Um, we talked AFC West, and we talked about them possibly, in my opinion, tanking for Trevor if they get off to a very slow start. Um, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the last team in the division, the Jacksonville Jaguars. How do you see the Jacksonville Jaguars ending up this season? Well, Doug Marone and the Jaguars, you know, they've got one of the easier schedules, uh, you know, in terms of strength of schedule this c- coming season, but wins aren't going to be very easy for them. This off- offense never really performed last season without a solid number one starter. You know, Gardner Minshew it is kind of was kind of like the the – you know, workhorse for them for a game or two, but he's just not sustainable for that 16 games. You know, their defense is, was spectacular back in 2017 and just really hasn't even come close to that type of performance since trading away Jalen Ramsey for two first-round picks. This team is definitely looking to build for the future, and, you know, they're probably going to be looking for a whole new coach, coaching staff and quarterback next season. 
probably four and 12. Not a lot of wins this year. All right. I'm a little, I guess a liar. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but with that schedule that you mentioned, um, I can see them going seven and nine. Uh, their extra games are against Miami and at the LA chargers. Uh, we talked about this uh, on the phone earlier. The we, You're a little higher on the Chargers than I am, but I don't see the Chargers being uh, a huge force to be reckoned with. Um, so, yeah, their schedule lines up for them to maybe 7-9, and 8-8, eight and eight, something like that. And I see all these teams kind of having similar records this year. I, I You know, I wouldn't be surprised if – I would be surprised if the Jaguars won the division, but the other three would not surprise me at all. So – it's a real toss-up, unlike some of the other divisions we've talked about. Anything else on uh, the AFC South before we move on to uh, fantasy wide receiver strategies? Yeah, like like we said, you know, a lot of these teams, you know, I think if any of these teams can really get to ten and six, that's definitely going to win the division. You know, though, you know, with the, these division games, are probably going to be more important than any other division in football this year. You know, really got to get get in those division games. It could come down to a tiebreaker for a common opponent. You know, in week three or four. You know, so every everything is going to be just so important for all of these teams this year. And you know, it may just be the injury bug that you know ends up taking a team down. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and you talked about that with um, you know who they've got as backups um, for Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. I think all these teams. Uh, except the Texans are going to have question marks at, at quarterback um, this year. Uh, you know, whether Phillip Rivers can, you know, grasp the system right away and play together with those guys right away. And obviously the Jaguars are a little bit of, of a mess at that position as well. All right, we will take a break. We'll come back, uh, talk about fantasy wide receivers, some must-haves, some stayaways, some strategy right after this. So fantasy wide receivers, um, I was going to start with this. Uh, If I list off, say, seven wide receivers, you tell me where we stop in terms of the first two rounds for you. Because obviously those four, five, six running backs are going to go early, and we're going to see some wide receivers go right after that. Um, But here are the wide receivers. Uh, You know, I looked at an expert uh, mock draft um, a 10 team league and you tell me I'll, I'll list them off and you tell me where you think the cutoff point is for you in terms of drafting these players in the first two rounds all right okay all right so Michael Thomas DeAndre Hopkins uh, Devonte Adams Julio Jones Chris Godwin Tyreek Hill and Mike Evans right so you know Playing into this, you know, I, I see those top three being, you know, once the four or five running backs are gone, I, I see those first three, you know, that I would pick them probably above any other running back that would be on the board at that point. You know, this actually ties into Chris Godwin. You know, I think he is – he's going to be one of those must-haves in a PPR league. You know, playing in the slot with Tom Brady, he's going to catch a lot of balls this season. You know, his value should be high but I, I don't know how high I think, you know, maybe late second round, mid third round is where I would start to absolutely say now he is a steal, but I got a feeling that he is going to be overdrafted in terms of production for the season. 
Yeah, I think the the, the same thing. Um, I, you know, I it, this was an expert mock draft, and and Hopkins was still the second uh, wide receiver off the board, and that surprised me. Um, I don't necessarily see DeAndre Hopkins being the second guy off the board this year um, in terms of wide receivers. I do see Michael Thomas being the first one, um, and I I think people are going to go for De- Devonte Adams. Julio Jones is always somebody that's taken either you know, back end of the first round or maybe even the top of the second round if you get lucky. Um, Chris Godwin could be overdrafted. I think you're absolutely right. Um, he he, If he doesn't last to the end of the second round, you're probably reaching a little bit. But what about Mike Evans? How do you feel about Mike Evans this year? Well, I mean, it, I guess that's really going to depend on on Brady. You know, he Mike Evans is, you know, a little bit of a bigger receiver. You know, he's going to be a part of the downfield threat. And, you know, Brady, Brady thrives in those audibles at the line and calls quick routes and, you know, plays, plays off that slot so well like he did with Wes Welker for many years. And all those other guys aren't even in the league anymore and you don't even know their name because they just – they are able to catch the ball and run routes. And that's – I think Mike Evans is going to end up with more yards overall than, than Chris Godwin, but I think Chris Godwin's going to end up with more catches. I think both of them are really – you really got to wait to the third round, maybe even the fourth fourth round, if you can get away with such a pick. Yeah, I agree with you. But the thing about Mike Evans is I can see Brady uh, finding him a lot in the end zone. You've got Gronk, assuming health. You've got Gronk. You've got Cameron Brait. You've got Mike Evans. They're all big dudes, uh, targets in the red zone. And I can see Mike Evans getting some jump balls. Um, but, of course – touchdowns are the hardest thing to predict if we could predict touchdowns um we could win fantasy football every single year and so that's uh that's what it comes down to with mike evans for me i agree he's probably going to end up with more yards than chris godwin but the touchdowns are what's going to separate the two and i don't know which one of the two will end up getting more touchdowns this year um so that's what i and i also thought it was interesting tyreek hill going so late he uh, if I'm not mistaken, has has gone, you know, at the early second round the last few years. And this expert mock draft, they have him going towards the end of the first round or the second round, sorry, the end of the second round. What do you think about Tyreek Hill? You know, when I started looking on those draft boards, I see that and I was kind of almost surprised, you know, that he is below even Chris Godwin on that list. And, you know, maybe it's just, concern with you know previous seasons previous history you know maybe it's the Chiefs just have you know so much firepower and you know just you know who's going to catch the ball and who's going to run you know that's always the thing about fantasy football same thing back to the Buccaneers you know they've got so so much talent on that team that you know who's going to catch the ball you know going to like Stefan Diggs you know great years in Minnesota but now that he's with the Buffalo, you know, is Josh Allen going to be able to produce produce those catches for him, produce those touchdowns? I think he's going to take a significant step back fantasy value this year, and he's going to be a player that you may want to definitely avoid. All right, so before we move on to a must-have or a stay-away type of uh, discussion, uh, if, I, if I'm hearing you right and what we've talked about before, you would have Michael Thomas – Devonte Adams and Julio Jones, and after that, for you, it would be questionable whether to take any of those guys. 
in the second round, or am I mistaken? Yeah, well, depending on how the draft falls, I mean, if you're picking late in the second round because you picked an early first rounder, you've already caught your you've already caught your running back. If, so you know, early second round, I'm not. I don't think I would be picking them. I would probably have to go for one of the top quarterbacks, assuming you know something crazy didn't happen and two or the three, you know, the top two quarterbacks are gone. You know, then you really got to start looking back into the tier two running backs, I believe. Okay, so and that's so for me, I, I I could take Michael Thomas. I could see taking Julio Jones. I think they're going to pass a lot this year, um, and I think he's going to have the touchdowns. Those have been very unpredictable with him. Um, but I think so. I would take uh, Michael Thomas. I would take Julio Jones. I think I would take Tyreek Hill over most of these other guys that we, that we've mentioned, um, just because you know if he's healthy and we have to assume health, we know that he's healthy right now. Um, he, he he could be like a huge uh, a huge weapon once again this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, a little bit disappointing last year, but I think if he's healthy, um, I think he's in the top three as far as fantasy goes this year because I think Godwin Evans. Gronk, Brait, and you know, even LaShawn McCoy out of the backfield, there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed uh, in New England or <laughs> in Tampa Bay. All right, let's go to let's go ahead and talk about um, a must have and a stay away. Do you have one of each or do you have some uh, uh, some other arrangement? No, I, I really think that must have goes back to definitely going to Julio or DeAndre Hopkins or even Michael Thomas, you know. If you don't get one of those top three running back, top four running backs, you got to really try to get one of these guys. If not, you're going to be picking tier two players no matter where you go. So I would really say, you know, you want to do whatever you can to try to get one of those three players. Yeah, and um, a lot of the mock drafts I was looking at, they've got Devontae Adams going either as a second or third wide receiver. I have him as a stay away. Obviously, I'd take him if he was – you know, drop to the end of the second round, but that's never going to happen. I think he's going to get drafted in the first round almost every league um, because of his production last year. And he does have a, a good record of um, production, and he's the only wide receiver that anybody considers fantasy worthy in Green Bay, and he and Rodgers have a good connection. But I I can't see taking him that early with – the, the fact that there's not really another established weapon there, the fact that they're probably going to be running more, um, that that's how what they've stated they want to do, even though they have Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, Devontae Adams is a stay away for me because I think, obviously, I'd take him, but I wouldn't take him as early as I would need to. Um, as far as a must-have, I've got, uh, and this is a guy that you can get possibly fifth round or later, Terry McLaurin. I've talked about him before. I think that's a guy you want to get um, as your wide receiver two or three that has wide receiver one upside this year. Uh, I, I can't call him a sleeper because everybody who studies fantasy at all knows about him and will be drafting him, but um, it's, a, it's a matter of where you can get him. And I see him going fifth round in, in an expert draft, and that tells me he might fall farther in you know regular league. So um, I would definitely – consider Terry McLaurin a must-have and you just got to figure out where you think he's worth uh, taking. 
Anything else on fantasy wide receivers uh, strategy-wise or anything else you want to add? So going back to the AFC South and picking on them still, they, um, you know, with all the questionable p- players at quarterback, and I, I don't know if there's really going to be that big big star from the AFC South that's a standout wide receiver. You know, I, I think this is going to be a heavy dose of a lot of running between all these teams, figuring out play, figuring out – just who who and what they have on their team. And, you know, apart from maybe one or two people, you know, there's not going to be a lot of big big um, pro bowlers sitting on that um, AFC South staff. Yeah, I agree. It will be interesting to see who emerges as Philip Rivers' number one uh, target. Obviously, T.Y. Hilton would be the, the guy stretching the field. But who's going to be the guy? They don't have a lot of depth at wide receiver. So somebody's going to get a lot of Philip River passes. Uh, I don't know who that is, uh, but that will be that will be somebody to have in, an, in a PPR league, um, whether it's a tight end or somebody else. All right, let's move on. Then we'll take a break. We'll come back and talk smoke alarm bold prediction right after this. So the smoke alarm uh, is going off um, with uh, uh, this. You know this this division in general uh, I'm going to talk about this in the next segment a little bit more but this um, this division um, you know I, I talked about them all kind of, kind of being close together in record and not being the Texans Colts or Titans won the division um, very surprised if the Jaguars do it but um, other than that it's it's going to be a very close division and like you said, come down to some kind of comic um, tiebreaker. So um, what do you think uh, as far as this division goes? Who's uh, the smoke alarm candidate here? Well, for my smoke alarm this this time, I have chosen Bill O'Brien. You know, like I said earlier, you're either an evil genius who sits in, in a dungeon plotting every move like a grandmaster in chess, or you're a complete dunce. You know, you traded away a generational talent with DeAndre Hopkins for a running back who is in the seventh year and has had a major injury. Also not receiving a number number one pick for him, unlike every other number one wide receiver that has been ever traded. You know, you gave up picks for Duke Johnson, traded away Carlos Hyde, traded away Jadavian Clowney. You know, if you plan on rushing the ball and playing defense this season, you better not be a leading by 24 points in a playoff game and lose again. That is an embarrassing way to close out your season. And then in an in-game after the interview, you said that you forgot what down it was or for what reason you – or for some reason you call it a fake punt when you're up. No doubt the offensive firepower of the Chiefs was legit. But with you calling plays, being head coach, director of personnel, you better start putting up Belichickian-type numbers quick or you, you'll be the one that blew. You, you'll be the one to go. Sound the alarm. All right. I totally agree with you, Bill O'Brien. That's the, the smoke alarm for me, too. Um, you know, when you look at these other teams, the Colts, you know, added Phillip Rivers and that – uh, that's a question mark, but we know he's an established quarterback, a guy that can get you to the playoffs, um, a guy that can get you some wins and keep you in the game. Um, obviously, we saw what the Tennessee Titans did last year um, all the way to the AFC Championship game. 
And then, you know, and that has obviously a, a great structure and a, and a great coach there in, in the making. And then the Jaguars, we kind of know what they are. Um, you know, if they have uh, success with Gardner Minshew, maybe, you know, they have a decent season. But I, I think they're going to be one of those teams along with Denver that might find themselves tanking for Trevor. Um, but the the Texans, you know, making all those moves um, and then, you know, what the stability isn't there, right? Uh, defensively, offensively, um, this is a big switch uh, to this season. Um, and relying uh, on Will Fuller to be the number one wide receiver who can't seem to stay healthy is going to be an experiment, to say the least. Um, what about a bold prediction for this division, the, the AFC South? So I, I don't know if it's really a bold prediction, but I'm going to predict that none of the teams from the AFC South survive wildcard weekend in the playoffs. All right. So you got them going down the first week of the playoffs, the first weekend. Right. All right. And um, who did you have winning the division, the Titans or the Texans? Well, you know, with um, the division winner, obviously, the way I'm predicting it, you know, it's, you know, going to be one of those things comes down to wins at the end. I've got the Colts at 10 and 6 and the Texans and the Titans at 9 and 7. I'm sorry, 9 and 7 oh. and 8 and 8. So, no, my apologies. I'm sorry. I have the Colts at 8 and 8, the Titans at 8 and 8, and the Texans at 9 and 7 winning the division. Yeah, and I, it's going to probably be something like that. Um, I have the Colts at 10 and 6. Um, but yeah, 9 and 7, 10 and 6, that's probably going to win the division. Um, and I can't say I disagree with your bold prediction. It's um, very likely that one of the teams wins the division and then gets bounced that first weekend. It, it has happened uh, before. The Titans really broke that streak. But um, all right, so anything else? Uh, before we move on to wrap up this division? No, I I think this this division is going to be, you know, pretty much like we, like we say, going to be back and forth football and, you know, who's ever the healthiest at the end of the season is probably going to be the one winning the division. All right, then we'll, we'll take another break and we'll talk uh, division wrap up. We'll talk about um, – possibly some trivia uh, right after this. So the AFC South, um, we kind of already said uh, everything we need to say in terms of how we think that the season's going to play out for them and uh, who's going to win the division, um, how they're all going to be kind of close together, uh, likely. Um, so, what do you think uh, about the AFC South? I mean, when you picture in your mind uh, about this season, how do you feel about the AFC South? I I just th- – this division is, like we said, you know, going to be good, not great. I, um, I I think they're they're all building towards something in the future. You know, they're all looking for that next quarterback that can carry them for four to five years. I think a couple teams, you know – with uh, Mike Vrabel in Tennessee, you know, he's building something, you know, whether or not they give him time to put it together, I think they're going to. Bill O'Brien, I feel, is on his make-or-break season this year. I think uh, Philip Rivers, you know, in Indianapolis probably has three or four seasons left. Whether or not he has enough to 
muster up some victories and lead the troops. You know, he, he's been a great quarterback all these years and really never done anything in, in Los Angeles with the Los Angeles Chargers or San Diego for that fact. And the Jaguars just seem to never be able to get out of the basement of that division. They just always, always seem to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be what we typically see of them. Not that one year, uh, was it 2017, when they went to the uh, AFC Championship game and were one bad Blake Bortles pass away from possibly beating New England. Um, yeah, I think they're going to go back to that. I, and one thing about this division, obviously a lot of these teams are new. Um, you know, the Texans and the Jaguars are fairly, fairly recent uh, teams. Um, the Colts go back a long way, but um, so how many total Super Bowls for this division? Like, I didn't actually look this up, but um, I know that the Colts went to two. They went one and one with Peyton Manning um, in recent history. And you go, go back farther. They, of course, lost um, that Super Bowl to Joe Namath way back when. Um, and the Titans used to be the Oilers, um, and the Titans were in a Super Bowl against the Rams, uh, but not a lot of Super Bowl activity from this division. No, not not at all. And so here's a little tidbit for you: the um, you know their um, last year, you know the Texans gave up that 24 point playoff loss mistakenly. Somehow they lost that football game. The biggest playoff comeback in or in history was 32 points on January 3rd of 1993 when Frank Reich was a backup quarterback for the Buffalo Bills and they ended up beating the Houston Oilers in overtime. Yeah, I remember that game very well actually. I remember um, being a big Buffalo Bills fan or your neighbor was and and your neighbor was yeah. Up. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a big huge thing back then. Um yeah, it's it's funny the uh, the Texans blowing that lead to the Chiefs um, last year and um, yeah, I mean, so uh, who? So that being said, is a good transition. Uh, who do you think the next uh, team in this division, the AFC South? Who do you think the next team to win a Super Bowl or to even appear in a Super Bowl will be? Uh, I think the Indianapolis Colts are probably best in line to, you know, probably win this season, next season. But I, I think, you know, four or five seasons down the road, if Mike Vrabel is able to sustain his job in Tennessee, I think if they're patient with him, I think he's one of those coaches that long term, you know, he he's going to get you something, something big, you know, kind of like the Steelers always have, you know, they stick by their coach, you know, through thick and thin and, they just let him do his job day in and day out, and I think he's going to be so long-term Tennessee Titans, short-term Indianapolis Colts. So you're saying over the next maybe two years, the Colts have a better chance, but over the long term, over the long term, the Tennessee Titans um, overall have that better uh, chance. I think I agree with you. I and the Colts have a short window here. I don't think Rivers is going to probably play more than two seasons. Uh, maybe three at the very, very most um, with the Colts. And then they're going to be looking for his replacement. And that might be, that might mean t- starting over a little bit. Um, 
and but they do have the team around him that you know this is his kind of this is his, his moment so uh we'll see what happens with that but i agree with you the titans if i had to pick one team out of these four to say who's going to get to the super bowl uh next is it probably be the titans because i think the coaching infrastructure um the player personnel the way that they they bring in Ryan Tannehill and that doesn't seem like um a guy that's going to take a, a starting job easily. Um, he didn't have a ton of success with Miami, and then he uh, he turns it on like he did last year. That's got to be coaching um, some of that. So I agree with you. Anything else on the AFC South um, before we go? No, I think we've covered them in quite extensive detail today. And um, can you believe it or not, we are 26 days away from the scheduled – kickoff of the NFL season. Yeah, and it's time to really start thinking about fantasy football drafts. Um yeah, it, it's uh, it's getting getting closer. And all right, so we'll uh with that we'll say goodbye and I'll thank you mayor for um contributing to this podcast and thank you for listening. Everybody, um, any last words, Mayor? No, Professor, it's been another great show, and I guess next week we will be previewing the NFC South. Not that there has been any action in that division this current season. Yeah, the NFC South is going to be a fun one. So that um, that's definitely something I'm looking forward to next week. All right, we'll talk next week, NFC South. Bye. And that's a wrap on the SIFT football podcast with the mayor, the FC South. I want to thank the mayor again, and I want to thank you again for listening. Come back next week. We're going to talk NFC South. It should be fun.